Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we have been going through a series here at the church called The Forgotten One, in which we're trying to understand the Holy Spirit. Because what we find is, is for most people who call themselves Christians, we know that Jesus Christ died for us, we know that God the Father is there, and we also know about the Holy Spirit, but a lot of times we just kind of take Him for granted. We forget about Him, and we forget the reality that Jesus promised us that He was going away and that in his place he was going to send another helper, another comforter. Some of your Bibles say the word comforter, but someone to come alongside of us, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so last week we talked about the greatest relationship that you and I can ever be involved in, and that's the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so what this week I thought I would do is, is, is I would try to explain that relationship a little bit more to you. I would try to help you understand why that is the greatest relationship that we can have. And he said, how are you going to explain that to us? Well, I thought we would go to John 15, because it's in John 15 where Jesus talks about abiding in him. Now, remember last week when we looked at 1 John chapter 2, he told us to abide in the Holy Spirit. Remember we talked about that last week? Now, abide is not a word that you and I use every day in our language, is it? How many of you use, how many of you used abide this week? How many of you have done that? Nobody. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That's typical. You know what I'm saying? In fact, if we were to use language like that, you know, like I'd say, George, where, where, I abide with Lori. You're going to look like, what? What's the matter with him? Okay? Here's the reality of what I want you to see. It's the same word. It means to remain with. It means to wait on or to have a relationship with. Now, it's a a Bible word, but for some reason we still want to use it rather than give its plain meaning. And so what we're going to talk about today is, is we're going to look at this passage, the first eight verses of John 15, where he basically talks about what that means to abide. And he's going to use an illustration of you and I in terms of a vineyard. Okay? How many of you have have grapes in your yard? Okay? You've got, some of you have a grape arbor and so forth. Okay? Some of you wish you had a grape arbor, right? I know my wife wishes we had a grape arbor. You know what I'm saying? And, and, And some of you have seen a grape arbor and so forth. And so that's the picture that he's using here is of a vineyard type of thing, of a vine, a grapevine. And so let's we're going to see some things. What we're going to see is the nature of the relationship and then why it's so important for you and I to have the relationship. And you're saying, well, this is about Jesus. Well, it's about the Holy Spirit as well. Because when you talk about Jesus, you're talking about God the Father as well as you're talking about the Holy Spirit. Because they're one, the Trinity. You understand? Three distinct persons and one God. So when I pray to the Father, I'm also praying to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because it's by means of the Holy Spirit that I'm able to pray. So let's, let's talk about what's going on here. Look with me, John 15. 
Look with me at the first verse, John 15. Notice what Jesus is saying. Again now, he's using a picture. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, his cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Okay, so let's look at this. We're going to break it down into two sections. We're going to look, first of all, at the nature of this relationship. We're going to see that in verses 1 to 3. And then we're going to see the importance of the relationship. We're going to see that in verses 4 through 8. So the first thing I want you to notice, we see it in verse 1. Notice what Jesus says. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Some of your translations will say the husbandman. Some translations will even write it the gardener. Okay? But the first thing I want you to see here is that Jesus, the Father, and you are involved in this relationship. Jesus the Father, and you are involved in this relationship. This is not just about a relationship with you and Jesus. God is involved in this relationship. So what do you mean he's involved in this relationship? Because that's what he says. He's the vine dresser. Now what's a vine dresser do? Well, a vine dresser is, is like a gardener or whatever. He comes along and he takes care of the plant... And he does what he has to do to the plant so that it can what? Produce what? Fruit. Grapes. And and so what does that mean for my relationship with Jesus, me having a relationship? Well, God's going to do what it has to do in your relationship with him to cultivate that relationship so that you produce fruit in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? You produce Fruit. Now, some of you are saying, what do you mean fruit in my life? What does that mean? Well, fruit is the product of who you are. In the Bible, it's not, it's a lot of times in our churches we used to say fruit is getting other people to believe in Jesus. That's not fruit. Fruit is the essence, it's character that is developed, Christ-like character that's developed in you. It's the essence of who you are. And so what happens is, is through this relationship, God is involved, God the Father is involved in cultivating this relationship between me and Jesus. Okay? The other thing I want you to see here is this. There are some who don't have this relationship. Look with me in verse 2. He says this. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he what? Takes away. So you need to understand there are some, you and I are branches, if you know Christ, and we're a part of the vine. But there are some people who don't have this relationship, and so the Father removes them. So we need to recognize that not everybody has this relationship with Jesus. Everybody understand that? I think we understand that. We see that every day. 
The other part of it that's really interesting, when we talk about the nature of this relationship, look at what God the Father does. Look with me at verse 2. And every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will bear forth much fruit. What's he talking about pruning? Well, here's what I want you to see. The Father uses difficulties for our good. The Father uses difficulties for our good. Sometimes we have a misunderstanding about Christianity and about faith in God, and this is why sometimes people get disappointed with God. The misunderstanding is is that we sometimes feel that God's supposed to protect us from all problems. That somehow God is, is, is really letting us down if all of a sudden we go through a crisis and a difficulty. Folks, that's, that's a lie. That's not true. Because what the scripture tells us is, is that God uses the difficulties to what? Bring about fruit in our life. He uses the difficulties for our own good. To develop our character. To develop who we are. Because the fact of the matter is, is if you live in this life, what's going to happen? Junk's going to happen, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Why does stuff like that happen? Life. We live in a tough world. Now the wrong thing can happen is when we think that God's supposed to exempt us from those problems. But rather, what the the Scripture is telling us is, is that God uses those experiences to prune us. Now, how many of you have ever pruned a fruit tree? I I, I know Brad has, okay? And he showed me how to prune my old winter pear, rock-hard pear tree in the back of my house. see a couple of other folks there. The only experience I've ever had before that was pruning Christmas trees, Okay, that was an experience. I never want to experience that again, ever, okay? Uh, And every time I say that, I end up experiencing that. I don't want to, okay? Um, Anyhow, what happens when you prune? You're cutting away what? What are you cutting away? Pruners here, what do you cut away, Brad? The unproductive parts. In order that what? That which is productive can what? Produce more fruit. When God allows the difficulties in our life, what's being whittled away in your life, folks? What's being developed? Character. It's making you a better person. Have you noticed that? You know, I'm, I'm going to be 47 here in a couple of weeks. And, and as I'm realizing that, you know, I think back, you know, when I was a 20-year-old, if I faced some of the stuff I'm facing now, I would have thought, man, how in the world am I going to get through this? But now I'm 47, 27 years later, and I, I, I'm realizing I can get through it because he's got me through what? Other stuff. And he's developed character in my life to face it. Did you understand? A character is almost like developing a height of a rhinoceros, right? 
where you can where you can face stuff. And this is what he does. This is why the nature of that relationship is so important. He uses difficulties for our good. Here's the other thing he tells us. Look at verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, here's the interesting thing. The word clean there in verse 3 is the same word which is used for purge in verse 2. Same word. Our English brings it out two different ways. What's the point? If we, if you are now, you're already purged because of the word which I've spoken to you. Here's the point I want you to see. God's word also prepares us. See, here's the thing about that relationship. God uses the difficulties to what? Prune me, to prepare me for my own good. But God also uses what? His word to prepare me. See, it's his word that tells me, George, don't do this. It's his word that tells me, George, this is how you should be to that person. George, this is how you should reach out and love. George, this is what you should be doing in this area. It's God's word that reveals to me the character defects in my life that I need to get right and the things that I need to do in other areas. See, he's, he's saying to them, you know, guys, you've been with me three years. Remember, they're in the upper room now. You've heard my word and you've been adjusting based upon my word. My word has been cleaning you, has been purging you. So that's the nature of the relationships. He's okay. All right, so that's a relationship. So why is it important that I have it? Well, let's look here. Verse 4. Look at what he says. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Here's the first thing I want you to see about why this is so important. Number one, we cannot function without the relationship. You can't function. You and I can't get through life without the relationship with Jesus, period. You can't. There's no way. In fact, you know what? I've had conversations, and maybe you have as well, of of people who've had a relationship with Jesus who then, because of maybe some tragedy or maybe a wrong response, maybe they went off the deep end and and backslid is one of the old-time words we used to use, and, and, and they got away from Jesus for a little bit, and then when they came back, they said things like this. That was terrible. I could not function without him. I couldn't get through life without him. See, if you know him and you're in that relationship with him, you begin to realize how important it is, and the Bible word is abide, for you to remain in him, to have a relationship with him, and for him to have a relationship with you. Because without him, what? You can't do anything. You can't function. You can't function without Him. It's so important for you to have that relationship. Did you understand that? I mean, don't try it. But how many of you have gone for a period of time without thinking? I mean, you realize all it takes is one crisis to happen, right? I can do this. 
I could go it alone. Hop in your car. Drive the speed limit through town. Smack! Oh, it's your fault. I don't have the deductible. How am I going to get through this? I need you, Jesus! You can't function without Him. Life will quickly tell you, you can't function without God. Quickly. Here's the other thing. We, verse 5 says, are totally dependent on Jesus. Look at what he says, verse 5. I am the vine. Again, he's going back to that illustration. He's the vine. And you are the branches. He that abides in me. Okay, he that has a relationship in me. And I in him, we have that relationship, bears much fruit. They're going to bear fruit in their life. But notice that last part. Look at what he says. For without me, you can do nothing. We're totally dependent on him. But what do we do? I mean, I do it all the time. I mean, we're, we're human beings. As soon as we enter into a crisis, yeah, we know we need Jesus, but it's not Jesus that we contact first, right? It's Google. What do I do about my problem? Error. Or it's the telephone. Hey, I'm having this crisis. What do I do? Then when we make a bigger mess of it, what do we do then? God, I need your help! Then we realize what? We can't do it. We can't do it without Him. We're totally dependent upon Jesus. Totally dependent upon Jesus. It's so important that you and I have that relationship. Here's the other reason why. Because He says this. If you don't have that relationship, look with me at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, if anyone doesn't have that relationship, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Here's the point. Having no relationship results in judgment. That's just the bottom line. If you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Jesus is saying, you're like a, you're like a branch. That's, they get the, the, the vine dresser, the gardener, just gathers them up into a big pile, and he burns them. I mean, that's just reality. It's judgment. It's a picture of judgment. You, you and I cannot exist without that relationship. We can try, but the reality is, is it brings judgment. But there's a, there's, a, there's a positive thing that you and I need to see about this relationship. And what's that? Look with me, verse 7 and 8. If you abide in me, if you, if, that is, if you have that relationship with me, and my words... Abide in you. My words are part of your life, is what he's saying here. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. What's he talking about there? Answered prayer. Here's what he says. By this, what's he talking about? Answering prayer. Is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit? So you will be my disciples. What's he talking about here? The relationship will guide our prayers. The relationship. You having a relationship with God will guide your prayers. Now let me just stop for a moment. Let me tell you what it's not saying. And let me tell you what it is saying. First of all, 
this is not a blanket promise that God's going to answer every prayer that you have. So like with this snow that's happening and the road conditions the way they are, you know, I often, I like trucks. So God, I'd like to have a new Chevy truck, four-wheel drive, candy apple red, crank and stereo system, and, wow, extra cup holders. Is he going to answer that? If I misunderstand this verse, I'm going to think that he is, and then I'm going to get disappointed when I don't get it. It's not sitting in my driveway. We drive a van. We do have a Suburban. It's close to a truck. Okay? But here's the point I want you to see. That's not what it is. We, we can't take it as a blanket thing. What it means is, is that my relationship guides what I ask God for. What do you mean? Well, some of you are here are married, right? I'm going to be married to Lori for almost 20 years now. The relationship guides what I ask Lori for. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know through my relationship what I can ask for. You know what I'm saying? How I many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay? I mean, if you come home, your wife's been slaving away, the house is a wreck because the kids trashed it, her hair is all wonked out, She's got bags under her eyes. She's breathing fire. I'm not going to ask her to come and give me a foot rub. Right? Because through the relationship, I should be asking her, can I give you a foot rub? Right? Somebody's shaking her head, no. We'll pray for you. Okay? Here's what I want you to see. The relationship guides my what? Prayers. Go back to that verse then. Go back to verse 7. If you abide in me, if you have that relationship with me, and my words abide in you, that is, you understand what I want, because they're my words, you will ask what you desire comes out of that relationship. I'm going to ask what comes out of that relationship and what did he say then? And it shall be done for you. Some of you are disappointed right now with your prayer life. But the reality is is you don't have the relationship to ask. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because what you're asking for doesn't come out of a relationship. It comes out of your selfishness. God doesn't answer our selfishness. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to answer you in midst of that relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? comes out of that relationship. That's why it's so important for you and I to have this relationship that will guide our prayers. You say, okay, George, all right. I'm wrapping my brain around this relationship thing with God. How... Do we apply that to our lives? And especially, how do we apply it when we talk about the relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, I've got two questions I want to ask you, and then I'm going to give you an action point. Here's the first question. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? That's the very first one. Do you have an intimate 
relationship with the God of the universe, Jesus. I mean, he's got to be more than just a belief system. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you can sit there and say, oh, yeah, I believe he is. But you know what? I, I, I believe two plus two is four, but that's not really making an impact in my life every day. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I mean, that, that, that's not where it's at. Do you have an intimate relationship with him? Is he making an impression on your life? Are you interacting with him? That's the first question. The second question is this. Do you recognize how dependent you are? It's one thing to say I have a relationship with him, but the, the next thing you've got to say is, is how dependent are you? I mean, do you recognize that you can't function without him? Let me, let me, man, let me tell you my week, okay? And let me tell you how I got through my week. So last week, when I was speaking to your folks, I started getting those telltale signs that something wasn't right. What do you mean? Well, I started feeling this little scratchiness in the back of my throat and my sinuses. You know what that is, guys? So about Tuesday, I got this full-blown fever. My nose is running like a sieve. I'm hacking. My wife can't get any sleep because when I cough, I cough. And so that's my week. I got all this stuff going on. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm fevered for four days trying to get stuff done. I normally have everything done by Friday. I don't have everything done until 6 o'clock Saturday. I'm the guy who's supposed to pick up the meat platters for today's meal. I didn't remember that until 10 o'clock last night. Now, thankfully, somebody was at the place to give it to me today at 9. So we have something to eat. But in the midst of that, I begin to realize with the sickness and the schedule going all out of whack and mistakes being made and junk happening, I begin to realize that, George, you're not the guy who's in control and that I'm dependent on somebody else. Do you realize that? Do you recognize how dependent you are. Folks, you're not in control. And the sooner we grasp that, the better. So how, how dependent are you? Do you recognize how dependent you are? So here's the action point. So let's bring it down to the Holy Spirit. Because remember what Jesus said, I'm going away, I'm sending another comforter. So if I'm going to have this relationship that he's talking about, that he says about with Jesus and, and the impact of that in my life, what do I need to do here? Here's what you need to do. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to develop your relationship. You need to go to him and, 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 and ask the Father, ask the Spirit, ask the Son, develop that relationship with me, Spirit. Develop it. So that as this stuff happens in my life, I know that it's for my own good. So that you produce in my life the fruit that you want to produce. So that when I speak to you and I am interacting with you, that when I ask, I know that it's going to be answered because you're going to be glorified in my life. But it begins by asking the Holy Spirit to develop that relationship. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.